Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Zoe Church. And I want to thank every person that likes, subscribes, and comments to our podcast and all of our messages. And I want to thank every partner that helps get the message of Jesus out around the world. If you'd like to partner with us, you could text Zoe to 77977, and we'll shoot you a link. But let's jump into part three of a series that we're in called New Beginnings. Let's go. I almost said your mama, but I didn't. Okay, go there in your Bible, Joshua chapter 2. Clap for Josh doing a great job, and Kay Voss, both of these guys together. Amen. Joshua chapter 2, verse number 8. We are in the third installment of a new series we're in called New Beginnings. And I really feel that as we step into this next season, for every one of us, it's a new beginning. And one of the things I love about God is that he's not trying to do something old in your life. He's trying to do something new in your life. And the Bible says that today you woke up to fresh mercy. Like a baker that baked all night and had that fresh bread ready for the customer to come in today. By the way, we had a, 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 some guys in the last service, they're coming out with a new bagel shop this next year. In Jesus' name, I feel the Lord leading us as a congregation to go to their shop. Fresh bagels. Who loves bagels right here? Amen. The bagel bros are going to cook something up for us. But God, God has fresh things for you. And the biblical number for eight is new beginnings. I don't even want to think about nine. We'll get to that next year. But eight is new beginnings. And so we're kind of jumping into this thought together. We're jumping in to this study about studying what does new beginnings look like? What does new beginnings require of us? How do I know that it's a new beginning? How do I discern or decipher the difference between? Well, I think you always have to check three sources in life. Is that from God? Is that from me? Or is that from below? A lot of times we think that God sounds like us. And I've got to discern because Jesus said, my sheep, will recognize my voice. Kind of like when you listen to the radio and right away you hear so-and-so's voice, you know it's them singing, you know what they sound like. Kind of like you pick up the phone and you know someone's voice. You'll know the voice of your father. You'll know the voice of your shepherd. How do I know in this new beginning whether it's, it's just what I want versus what God wants? How can I tell it's what, what the the enemy of my life is trying to do in me. I want to remind you eight years in of our foundational verse for Zoe Church. We are started on John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10 says the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So there is one that wants you to have freedom and peace, and joy, wants you to prosper. And there is one that is vehemently opposed to your success. He comes to steal your peace. He comes to kill your joy. He comes to destroy your name. And we've got to recognize who is for us and who is against us. As we get into this new beginning, we're going to have to be able to tell what, what, what's God trying to do in this. What's he trying to speak to me? Because I really believe that the pressure is off you. You don't have to come up with a plan for your life. God already has a plan. 
The only thing that's required of us is to lean in and surrender to God's plan for our life. So as we get ready for this new beginning, I want to I want to preach this message, write down the title of today's message out of Joshua chapter 2. It's called, This is Your Sign. You ever have to go make like a big decision, you're like looking for a sign? You're trying to like, okay, God, I want to do this. I want to sign up for this subscription. I want to date this guy. Give me a sign. Just want to let you know that the coincidence of blue M&Ms is not God, Okay. Just so happened that you had blue M&M's on the counter. It's not God. God doesn't speak through M&M's. He ministers to you through M&M's. He doesn't speak through M&M's, okay? God will give you a sign. God will give you the ability. It's kind of like, have you seen on social media the guy that holds up signs? And he says, you know, stop doing this or we've had enough of this. I always love, he's just holding up a sign. If you ever needed a sign, this series is your sign. And Rahab is going to see a sign. If you don't know much about the Bible we're jumping into Joshua chapter 2, and we are going to, to study. We're going to look at a lady named Rahab. If you don't know that name, Rahab is found in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the New Testament, we're going to see her life completely different. But in the Old Testament, when we find her, we know her as a prostitute. She's a harlot. She is, in our terms, she's a sex worker. Or, or you know, she, she's, she sells her body for sex. The Bible at this time, historically in this context, the Israelites had been in captivity in Egypt. God had led them out through a leader named Moses. And now there's a new guy in charge named Joshua or Josue. Okay, you're going to laugh or no? Because I am bilingual and I will use it on you, okay? But um, so, so jo- Josh, uh, Joshua boy, he is now in charge. And God is going to use Joshua to bring God's people into the promised land. In fact, when Josh takes over, God repeatedly tells him, be strong and courageous. I want to say that to you today. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. We have more faith than fear. We're not afraid of the world. We're not afraid of others. We're not afraid of circumstance. We're not afraid of death. We're not afraid of anything. Why? Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. So we're not afraid. He says, Josh, I'm with you. I'm for you. I've called you. It's an old cheesy saying, but let me say this to you today. If God called you to it, he'll see you through it. It might sound cliche or cheesy, but if it's his will, it's his bill. Come on, clap if you're grateful. God is a faithful God says to Joshua, I'm with you, I'm for you, be strong, do not be dismayed, do not fear, for the Lord your God is with you. Jericho is yours, the promised land is yours. So Joshua sends these spies into Jericho to check out the land. And as these spies start rummaging through the city, they come into an area where Rahab lives. And word has broken out through Jericho that there's some spies in the land. And these guys who serve a different God, they're going to kill God's chosen people's spies. They're going to take them out. But Rahab hides them in their house. Rahab brings some foreigners into her home and protects them in witness protection. In fact, when the people of Jericho come to her house because they've heard that they're there. They knock on the door and they're like, 
Send them out. Give them to us. They're going to die. They're ours. But Rahab saw an opportunity. Rahab saw a sign. Rahab, watch here in Joshua chapter 2. Watch what Rahab does. She said, before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og and the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. So she let them down by a rope through the window for the, the house she lived in was part of the city wall. And she said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. I'm gonna give you four things that you need for a new beginning that Rahab had that you need. Write down number one, you need to see your opportunity. You need to see when an opportunity has presented itself. I heard an old preacher say one time, Lyndon Rayford Hill, he said, opportunities of a lifetime must be ceased within the lifetime of the opportunity. In other words, that window's gonna close. That chance or that opportunity's not gonna be there forever. You gotta strike while the iron's hot. You gotta take advantage when the season is there. You gotta go when it's time to go. You gotta make sure, listen, that opportunity that's allotted to you, that opportunity that's been afforded to you, that opportunity to raise those kids, it's not always going to be that way. That opportunity to make an impact on the people you're around, it's not always going to be that way. And you got to call an opportunity an opportunity. I love Rahab because Rahab said, I was born, but I wasn't born yesterday. Y'all come in here, and I'll tell you what. Rahab is dealing with so much shame over her life. She thinks she's not worthy or deserving of anything. She has sold her body for a living. She doesn't even think she's worthy of a second chance, but she thinks her family could get hooked up. She doesn't even ask for herself. She asks for others. She says, please swear to me that you'll take care of my mommy and my daddy. You'll take care of my brothers and my sisters. I see an opportunity opportunity of blessing. I see an opportunity of blessing. I see an opportunity for God to do something. So I'm going to take advantage of it. Oh, I love Rahab because she saw a window of opportunity. She didn't live in, you ever meet someone that, I have a buddy, we call him the world of regret. He is Mr. Hindsight. Every time we get around him, he's always talking about, man, I don't know why I took that flight. I should have flown. I should have taken another flight. And then, and man, why did we get a reservation there? We should have gone. Why did we eat at that place? We should have gone there. And man, I'm so, man, I, why did I not show up at that time? I'm, we call him Mr. Hindsight. Because in hindsight, he has 20-20 vision. 
I want to encourage you as you step into your new beginning, don't live in a world of regret. Strike while the iron's hot. Seize the day and seize the moment. See an opportunity when it's at hand. In fact, I, I believe that one of the powerful prayers that you should pray during 21 days of prayer and fasting is not asking God for things as much as asking God for opportunity. Lord, give me the opportunity to be a witness. Give me the opportunity to be a blessing. Give me the opportunity to pray with them. Give me the opportunity to get on the phone with them. Lord, open up doors. I believe that God is a God of divine appointments. And Rahab didn't miss out on the appointment. Rahab didn't miss out on the opportunity. Stop, stop just passing by and just going like, I'm always going to get this allotted to me. I'm always, it's always going to be there. That friend is always going to be there for me. My kids are always going to be around. My spouse is always going to, they might not. Strike and seize the day. The opportunity that's been given to you, do whatever you got to do. I love this. Look, look, look at what um, Rahab says. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father and my mother and my brother. She's going, I, I, I see this. This is an opportunity. She's not lollygagging. She's not being lackadaisical. She's not being apathetic. No, we've got to get some fire back into our life. We've got to get some passion back into our being. We got to live on purpose. She's saying, no, 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 come, 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 come on in, come on in. I, 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 I'll, I'll keep you in the back room and, I, and I'll hide you in the, in the roof. Hey, but you got to promise me, you got to promise me. She, she sees an opportunity. I was talking to a friend recently that had an opportunity to own 10% of Celsius when the company first started. And he said, man, am I kicking myself today? I would be worth X amount of dollars had I seized the opportunity. I want to encourage you, when opportunities present themselves, go to God and ask God, is this a sign from you? Is this your will? Is this what you're asking? Is it, and, and God will speak. I came back from break with two thoughts. God is not deaf. God is not mute. He's a God that speaks. He's a God that hears. And I'm thankful today that God will show you. He will talk to you. His ears are, are listening to your prayers. You know, I love this because it's like sometimes we got to understand what God is doing and, and why you are where you are. It's like the, king, the Queen Esther in the Bible, Esther chapter 4. And somebody had to be a voice of reason in Esther's ear to say to Esther, Esther, if you don't speak up right now, all of your race could die. But maybe, just maybe, God has placed you as the queen for such a time as this. See, it's about the right time. And God is a God of timing. And so God has given you opportunity in the lifetime of the opportunity. I'm asking you to be like Rahab in real time. Take advantage of what God's given you. Show up and say, man, I know I might not always, we might not always be together. We might not always have the opportunity to build or, 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 or be in community or, or raise these kids. But while I have the chance, I'm going to speak life I'm going to step up. I'm going to be who God called me to be. I'm not going to let the moment pass. In fact, write down number two. Here's what Rahab that you need to have. Write down number two is you got to know what's at hand. You got to know, you got to be able to, 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 to call a spade a spade. Joshua 2 9, and she said to them, I know. That's half of life is knowing. I know, she says, that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us. 
so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. I love that. She says it twice. She says, number one, I know. And then two times she says, we've heard. Can I just encourage you about your life? Rahab didn't have some prophet like Jonah declaring God's word. Rahab didn't have some prophet like Elijah performing miracles. All Rahab had was the word that was floating around town, the gossip that was floating on social media. All she had was the impression, we heard about what God did for you. We heard about what happened in the Red Sea. We heard about those two kings. We heard about them. I don't know what you're doing right now, but just make sure you know that what you post, somebody's being impressed by. What you talk about, somebody's eavesdropping. And you never know what Rahab might come to salvation because of what they hear from your testimony. Give them a praise today if you're thankful. God will use what you got coming out your mouth. That's why I want to tell you the power of life and death are in the tongue. Don't speak death over people. Don't speak death over cities. Don't speak death over circumstance. Choose to speak life. And Rahab said, oh, come on in here. Come on, oh, I see this because I heard, I heard, I heard about how big your God is. I heard about how good your God is. I heard about what he's able to do. And it's not about you, it's all about him. And so I, I want to I just let you know, I understand the opportunity that's at hand. And sometimes we need to be able to have the ability to look through past face value to understand the God thing that's happening behind the opportunity that has been allotted to your life. And here comes Rahab. She says, oh, 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 I, I, I know what this is worth. I know, I know, where, this, this, I know where this will take me. I, 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 this, oh, buddy, yes, yes, come on in here. And, 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 and if you'll take care of my brother and my sister. This, by the way, this is so great because Think about the sibling rivalry they must have had. And she still is saying, not for me, but for them. Take care of them. I understand. See, the, a lot of times what happens is God's trying to give you an opportunity. But our eyes are scaled with sin. And our hearts are broken and bitter. And our minds are darkened because of what we watch and think about. And so God's trying to do something, but you can't see it. You can't hear it, and you can't even think about it. But Rahab in real time said, oh, I know what this is. Jesus said, if you had eyes, you could see, and ears, you could hear, and a mind, you could understand. And if you understood the opportunity, you would turn to me, and I would heal you. Look what Jesus says here. Put up on the screen, Matthew chapter 13. I love these words from Jesus. For this people's hearts has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Sounds like my children. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. You've got to do a better job and I got to do a better job of being able to fast forward the tape to see where this leads. Where, where does this take you? Where, where are you going with this? Okay, that's your decision. Okay, where does that take your family? Where does that take your life? Do you understand what's at hand? It, it reminds me of a story in the Bible about two other brothers named Jacob and Esau. Jacob is the little brother and Esau is the older brother. Historically, in this context, the older brother received all the blessing. Long story short, Esau goes out in the wilderness and he goes out hunting. 
And Jacob is the little bro. He's at home making Campbell soup. Esau comes back from hunting and he's famished. And he says to his broski, broski, let me get some of that chili. And Jacob says, all right, you want some of the soup? Give me your birthright. What? That's like, remember when you were growing up, I used to try and trade my apple for a chocolate pudding? <laughs> Let me give you my honey crisp for that pudding. This does not match. Esau comes in, he's like, I'm so hungry. What's my birthright worth? I'm going to die right now. You can have my blessing. You can have what God has for me. You can have my anointing. You can have my calling. You can have my future. It's not worth anything to me right now. Stop making decisions based out of emotion and based on the temporary circumstance. Start making decisions based on the conviction of God's future for your life. So he sells his birthright for Campbell's soup. And later when he's like, oh, what was that? I didn't realize what was at hand. I didn't realize what a big decision that was. I didn't realize what that would cost me. I want it back. The Bible says he repented, but it was too late. And he wept bitter tears. It's one thing when somebody breaks your heart. It's a whole nother level when you break your own heart. I don't know about you, but I'm done breaking my heart. I want to seize the opportunities, and I want to go. Give him a praise right now. Come on, Zoe family. Give him a praise if you're grateful. I'm going God's way. Sometimes you got to be able to call it. No, 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 no. This is not just any other day. See, Rahab's at home. She's watching Prime Video, the summer I term Hillary, and all of a sudden, the opportunity of a lifetime. She's come, come on in. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll hide you upstairs. We got an attic and a closet. You stay up there. But here's my, here's my only thing. I'll do it. I'll risk my life. You take care of my, you take care of my family. You take care of our opportunities of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. And you better fast forward the tape and see the significance of the opportunities that have been allotted and afforded to your life. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful today, not for just the blessing of God, but the opportunity from God. Come on, give them a clap and a thanksgiving. Write down number three, you got to make a move. You got to make a move. When I move, you move. That's Zoe right there. Eight years in, you have been trained well. <laughs> That's so good. That blessed me right there. I don't know about you, but I'm blessed right there. And so many times, you know, we, we, we're just stuck in life. Lord. <laughs> That's my stuck voice. Because you, you ever notice how, do you com complain to God like I do? Just like mad, just Lord. <laughs> Sorry. And um, I think a lot of times we're like so mad at God. God, when are you going to move? And I wonder if sometimes God is kind of looking at us going, when are you going to move? You know that song, Waiting on the World to Change? I wonder if sometimes God's waiting on you to come make the change. Because most, 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 most believers, most Christians, most Jesus followers, we want God to do all the work. 
You know what I love about 21 days of prayer and fasting? I'm going to pray like it depends on God, but I'm going to work like it depends on me. And at what part is it me and what part is it God? I do not know, but I'm going to trust in God and I'm going to do everything I can to work for God. That's why the Bible says in Colossians 3.23, come on, yeah, we can clap to that. Colossians 3.23, everything you do, everything you do, do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. I do not work for a man. I do not work for a paycheck. I work for God. And so Rahab says, oh, buddy, come on in. Come on in. Yeah, we, we got you. We got you. Um, only thing I ask, only thing I ask, you take care of my mom and my dad and all my siblings, and you can come in here. And, 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 and when they knocked on the door, they, they said, let, let them out. We, we know you got them, Rahab. And Rahab said, no, no, I don't. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and she made the move that changed the history of her life. And I wonder if we could get up off of our rear end and do something for God. You know, when I say do something for God, what I mean is not just being used by God, but like doing what God has given us the opportunity to do. To walk in the freedom, the truth, the healing, the restoration, you know, the relationships, the community, the opportunity to serve. Because a lot of times what happens is we are so satisfied with faith. I got faith. You, you a Christian? Yeah. Love God. I got a Zoe. I got a Zoe. Yeah, we eight years in, baby. Eight years, dog. I got the hoodie. We're eight years in. I got faith. But the Bible says faith without works is dead. Watch what James chapter 2 says. James chapter 2, verse number 25. The same with Rahab, the Jericho harlot. Wasn't her action in hiding God's spies and helping them escape that seamless unity of believing and doing? What counted with God? The very moment you separate body and spirit, you end up with a corpse. Separate, separate faith and works, and you get the same thing, a corpse. You cannot separate faith from works. You have to come. You cannot live incongruent to your faith. If I believe it, I'm going to live it. If I'm asking God for something, I'm going to do something about it. Come on, let's thank God that I've got an opportunity to go do something about the very thing I'm praying for. If you're praying for a J-O-B, let's apply to a few. If you're praying to get married, let's go get on single ChristianMingle.com. I don't care what it is, but don't ask God for stuff you're not willing to lift a finger for it. Opportunities here. Oh, here it is. Here it is. It's closing. It's a window. Okay, I see what's good. Oh, yeah, I can see what can this could lead to. I fast forward this tape. I'm going to make a move. I'm not going to just talk about it. I'm actually going to be about it. I'm not going to just put it in my prayer journal. I'm going to go live it. I'm, an, I'm not a talker. I'm a walker. I, I just feel like clapping right there and just thanking God for the opportunity to make a move. So many of us, we're just like, God, why, how come, when? And God's just like, oh, I, I, trust me, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. But I can't do anything until you give me something to work with. 
I love this story. One of uh, uh, our ZSTs, someone that just went on a mission trip to Nicaragua, she was telling me this story in the courtyard. She said, you know, when we were getting closer to the mission trip, she just thought in her mind, you know, there's no way that I could go on this trip. I just can't go. You know, I can't get the time off of work and I don't have the money. And she felt in the service, she felt like God speak to her, like, give me a chance. So she goes, okay. So she goes to her boss and says, I know, I don't have the time, but do you think I could get the time off work so I can go on the mission trip? And her boss is like, yeah, sounds great. She's like, oh my gosh. And so she goes and she's like, well, now I need the money. And so she put the fillers out and her friends and family fund the whole trip. And, 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 and when I was talking to her, that line came to mind, give God something to work with. Give God something to work with. I'm not just going to pray during 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm going to go out and do something as well. Because faith without action is like a body that doesn't have a spirit in it. It is just a corpse. And I don't know about you, as we get ready for year eight, I don't want Zoe to be a corpse. I want Zoe to be a living, breathing, excited church that's full of faith and full of doing something for the glory of God. Why don't we clap together and thank him for the future of this church. Worship team, come join me. I love this. Here's, here's, a, here's the last one. Write down number four. Change your story. Hebrews eleven thirty one. 31, it was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people. By faith, Rahab, by faith, Rahab was like, you know what? I think I could change the history and the direction of my family name. Change your story. Maybe your story to this point has been filled with failure and disappointment and you've been abandoned or you've been abused. Change your story. Because the opportunity to come to Jesus is today. God specializes in working with Rahab's, broken people that everybody else wrote off. God always writes into the story. Reminds me of another lady in the New Testament that was caught in the middle of an affair. And they said, what are we going to do to her, Jesus? What are we going to do? And Jesus showed her great mercy great compassion. And he said to the woman, where are your accusers? She said, oh, I don't, I don't have any more, sir. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and, go and sin no more. Change the narrative of her life. You cannot encounter the gospel and stay the same. And so the opportunity has been allotted to you. What does he say? Come, come, come. And do you know what's at hand? Life change, peace, purpose forgiveness, acceptance, approval, confidence. Do you realize what's at hand? All of my blessings are for you. That's what's at hand. But you got to make a move. At the end of the day, he says to some fishermen, come. And they had to leave their nets and follow. He said to some tax collectors, give up your business and follow. And they had to make a move. And because of their movement, not their faith, their movement, their story was changed. And I love Rahab because Rahab proves there's nobody that's too far gone that God can't change. 
There's nobody that's too far off that my God's good message can't get into her eardrum. And if Rahab heard about Jesus, maybe you've heard about Jesus. If Rahab heard about how great and awesome and how big my God is, maybe you have heard about how big and awesome my God is. And maybe just like Rahab's life was changed, your life and my life could be changed. But it'll never happen until we say yes to Jesus. Yes to his plan. Yes to his way. Yes to his will. It's all about the yes. Rahab gets written in to the story. In fact, James, oh, I love James, the book of James. The writer James is the most practical writer we have in all the Bible. In fact, James says that unless you serve and do something for people, your faith is useless. Who, who serves God and curses others? James is practical, but he says faith is about two people. Faith is like Abraham's faith, and faith is like Rahab's faith. Story of her life. Story of her her, her past has been eroded and erased by the blood of Jesus and a new story by grace has been written because of the love of Jesus. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, put it on the screen, this might be my favorite verse of the day. It says this, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new beginning, a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become, they all, they all became new. Well, why did they become new? Yeah, because of Jesus. Because Jesus takes old things and he makes them new. You have an old name, an old reputation, an old habit, an old addiction. Don't worry, in Christ you'll be brand new. You got old, old thinking patterns that aren't going to help you. Don't worry, in Jesus they become new. You got old ways of living that have got you so depressed and hurt and broken. Don't worry, all things become new in Jesus. Change the story of your life. Change the story of your life. Man, I used to be this. and I used to be the meanest person. I used to cuss like a sailor and I used to go to Vegas and I used to, you know, and just, you know, I used to be, you ever be around somebody that brags about their past? Oh, dude, you don't even want to know. Dude, I used to be crazy, bro. I used to be crazy. Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, shot, shot, crazy. You don't even know. I don't want to know, to be honest. I don't want to know. Sounds gross. <laughs> Sounds like my worst nightmare. Rahab, she didn't live that way, did she? Man, I used to go crazy. I think she's swept up now into a new beginning because she saw a sign. If you're looking for a sign, today's your sign. If you're looking for a sign, today's your sign. If you're looking for a sign, it's here and now. And God will do great things in you, and God will do great things through you. I love this story because we live in L.A. And in L.A., whoever tells the best story wins. Could you imagine being a director over this film? Hold on. Wait, what? She, you're telling me she was a prostitute turned Christian? You're telling me she's in the Bible for her faith, not for her evil deeds? Like she changed. Remember, whoever tells the best story wins. I think you got a better story in you. I think you got a story to tell that the world needs to hear. I think you ought to tell the story of Jesus saving your life, filling you with the Spirit of God, taking you out of a pit, putting you on a solid ground, putting a new song in your mouth. Come on, stand to your feet today. Come on, let's allow God to change our story. Today, God, we thank you that you are gracious.